0: We have two children who have professed um, faith in Christ. And when we see Jesus in them, we celebrate it, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it's exciting for them, too, to say, oh, look, I am changing.
1: I'm Kyle Grant, and I'm the lead pastor at Grace Bible Church. You know, biblical preaching is one of the highest priorities of our ministry. And I'm so thankful that you've chosen to listen. If you have any questions about our ministry or would like to know more about Christ, feel free to connect with us at www.gracebibleelkhart.com. Thank you again for spending these moments with us, and I pray that God transforms you by His grace through the Bible. Uh, Brother Will Galkin and Becky are our, our, our dear friends. And this is one of the, our, our favorite things that we do at the conference, when we have conferences or when we have uh, ministries like this, is we just have a time of discussion. And I have questions to ask them, and we work through it. And and uh, and we we get the opportunity to hear from uh, their work in the Word and, and the, the wisdom the Lord has given them and the way that God has grown them. And so I have a few questions that I think are very important to talk about. Well, the way that I would like to start is just if you guys could kind of introduce yourself. So, uh, Will, who are you? Okay. And, uh, and so tell us a little bit about yourself, your stage of life, what you're doing in life. So if you're in the conference yesterday, you kind of heard some of it, um, uh, but it, many of you weren't. So I want to just give you the opportunity sure. to kind of just take a, a minute or two and talk about who you are and, and how the Lord shaped you and, and what you're doing now and why you're doing it.
2: Okay. So my name is Will Galkin, and uh, my wife, Christine, and I, we have five children. And we presently live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and um, it's there that we've been a part of a church plant, Gospel Grace, which is no longer really a church plant, it's about 10 years old. And then we've been a part of, uh, from Gospel Grace, we've launched uh, two other ministries, two other churches, Gospel Hope, Gospel Peace. And um, uh, we used to travel uh, in itinerant evangelism uh, from about, uh, I guess it was 1997 to just uh, 2000. Seven nineteen, so about twenty plus years, and uh, in various uh, streams there. I traveled with the uh, Steve Pettit evangelistic team, and then we had our own evangelistic ministry as well. So that's kind of a, a big uh, overview. And uh, right now I have a seventh grader, and then I have uh, somebody who's going to be turning twenty one. So we got uh, and three in between those two right there. So we're in the throes of. Um, transitioning into adult parenting, which some have said is their hardest phase yet. And we'll see. So,
0: My name is Becky. Um, I guess I would first describe myself as a disciple of Christ, a wife to... My husband, Joe, and a mother to four children. That's kind of in that order is how I view my life. Um, My husband is a pastor over in South Bend, so we're not far from you all. The Lord brought us here about four and a half years ago to kind of a church revitalization uh, over at Community Baptist in South Bend, and God has grown us greatly. Maybe not so much in number, but definitely um, spiritually he's grown us. And um, so we have four kids. Our oldest is Karis. She is 10, and then Kostler is 8, Shiloh is 6, and Prisca just turned Mm 4. our our house is chaos
1: right now it's fun chaos fantastic wonderful well and just after this actually uh, Becky is going to head back to their church in South Bend so that she can uh, be a part of their corporate worship there we want to steal people from their churches except for Will we stole Will from his church today but he's in Salt Lake so he's not going to just pop back over after Sunday school Uh, but we're so thankful for their ministry thankful for their friendships uh, Will is um, Will is a part of my life more than I think maybe he realizes it. Just from his preaching at the Wilds, I heard him both as a camper at the Wilds, North Carolina, and then two years as a camper uh, or as a counselor at the Wilds in New England. And um, he was one of the speakers who would always come, and, and he would he would actually kind of preach at the counselors um, very intentionally. And so I I greatly benefited from that. And then then just in our conversation, he's just such a a wonderful discipler. He's a natural discipler and and teacher of the Word. And Becky, of course, is just a dear friend of our family. And you all got to hear Joe, uh, Brother Joe, speak back. I think it was June, something like that. June or July. It was in the summer. And and so we're thankful the Lord has placed them close to us, and we have uh, dear friends in ministry right across the way in South Bend. So we're so thankful for them. All right. Well, just a few questions as we kind of written these down. We probably won't get to all of them. I'm, I'm sure we'll take uh, we'll take legitimate and important um, uh, rabbit trails and asides. But uh, if you were to if you were to think about one or two or three, as we think about this is a, this was a family conference that we enjoyed yesterday. Um, the family The family is, is under specific attack from, from culture and sure. like the secularism, redefinition of things. If you were to kind of summarize one or two or three main issues, main assaults, main attacks on the family, uh, what would they be, and how should we be thinking about them?
2: Great. Becky, are you going to go first? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was going to do a little joke, because Becky texted. She texted, and she said, well, you're going to you're going to talk and I'm just going to say that's great. And so anyway, I found her notes this morning as I came in and I took a picture of them and I was just going to, I was going to read all of her points to see how she would have reacted, but I, I just felt like that'd be way too immature. And so uh, um, I'm not going to do that. I think that would have been very funny, though. That would have... You should have... I have been like, wow. You should have just, like, taken one or two points. I know. But, uh, you know what? We'll save that for next time I come, and you guys realize I am really am immature. So... Um, um, anyway, I, um, I think that our culture, uh, without a doubt, like, the, the permeation of, uh, really, a, the postmodern mindset, which, at the, at the very core, is um, an individualistic... Pluralistic, uh, inclusivistic uh, mentality. What I mean by that is this: very um, uh, truth is defined by what I feel. Truth is defined by what I think. Truth is mine, and it's and it's relative. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And okay, that's a lot of big words, but what does that mean? That my children, at the very core, are suspicious. I have a very good relationship with my children. Um, I mean, we spend lots of time together. Uh, we're in the Word together. So, so my children are all professing Christians. They all are trying to walk with the Lord right now, and yet they're still suspicious of me. I mean, I have the closest relationship with my children than anyone else in the world, and they are still suspicious of me. Do you know, do you know why? Because that's the age. That's just the, that's just the soup we swim in, and so they're just like, I didn't, you know, so I mean, I was just on the phone with one and we're working through something and they go, oh, okay, thank you so much, dad. How come? <laughs> that's great, dad. Wow, that's some good thoughts. Why? I mean, they're, they're just, they, and, and to have the patience to just absorb that and say, well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's work through the word. What does God's word say about that? What is, you know, what is your authority? And, and so I think that would be the most obvious one. Uh, it impacts us with can we trust the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, uh, says who, um, and 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 then I think some practical issues is obviously is uh, LGBT right now is such a um, it's so pushed right now, uh, and it's just the the air that we breathe and the 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 world we live in. So, I mean I think I could go on. I think there's about three four more, but I think those are some of the. Most obvious ones, pushing to an individu- individualistic authority, you know, based on what I think and feel, and then the most obvious application right now would be, can you trust the word and um, LGBT?
0: Yeah, on the heels of that, that children are looking elsewhere for their information other than your parents, God's word, and the church, and... Um, I remember my husband saying there's no other time in history where you can literally be preaching and someone is Googling like what you were saying to to fact check you in essence. You know, it's just they have so much information at their fingertips, maybe not correct information, obviously, but um, so it's just where are they going to get their information? And... um, the world's philosophy coming into the home so much through social media and any kind of entertainment. Someone is discipling our kids. And um, so I think it's just, there's so much mm-hmm. to, at their access that maybe in generations before wasn't there. Um, and then I just wrote down probably one thing that we see in our in our own church and in our, um, we have a small Christian school at community. And so what we see a lot when we work with the kids, there is just a low view of marriage, uh, revo- resulting in divorce being the norm, you know, just a lot of broken homes. And um, so just all the the things that that brings with it. and. Our job as a family and as a church to really lift marriage up as high and what the Bible calls it, and it's very confusing for kids right now from what they see and what they hear around them, rather than what we have to show them. Scripture says.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. So that's that's kind of a broad question because culture is big. I mean, society is big, and, and then mm-hmm. culture's change, varying on where you are. But um, what about uh, issues? So same question, but. But but zoom that that context into the church, so main issues within the church, and and when I say the church, obviously you don't know our local church. We don't yeah. know your local church, but but evangelicalism, uh, conservative Christianity. That when we say church, that's what we mean.
2: Yeah, great. I, you know, as I was looking at that question last night, I was like uh, thinking, I, I don't know if you can totally change those because um and again i'm gonna use another big word it's called ubiquity yeah. it, you know the i i've just heard many uh folks uh, in that live in this world they talk about the u, ubiquitous nature of the uh the world and it, uh when i say ubiquity it means it's just there it's just it's out and um and so it just drips in us all those things that we just talked about drip into the church yeah. and i think that um i think pastors uh uh, maybe can sometimes be a little bit blinded to how much the world has impacted themselves mm-hmm. and the world, and I think I mean, excuse me and the church, and I just think that all these same issues, the authority. I think the Google that you just brought up, the Google Fact Check, is again it's just a reflection of the world in the church. Um, I now our congregation, our congregation is young first generation believers, um, so I mean it's like we're always having um, like. I feel like we're having to convince um, the church of what marriage is. Yeah. We're having to convince that the Bible is sufficient for all things. We're having to convince, and obviously it's the work of the, the Spirit, but um, ultimately. But it's, it's just an uphill battle because there's so much the world in. I, I thought also um, the pervasive nature of um, the means to dispense all this is really through our technological devices. And so um, our inability to comprehend or think about things in a deep manner. Um, yeah. So to, uh, I just, uh, there was a, a circumstance in our church. I, I talked to a man, then one of our other pastors talked to a man. And finally, the other pastor just looked at him and said, are, are you wanting to even learn or do you just want to tell me what you think? Because he was just so combative about some issue and there wasn't really a spirit to learn or, or a spirit to submit to the word. It was just like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And he's just reflecting his age, you know, not not his numerical age. He's reflecting reflecting the age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I kind of thought of it in the context of the people that I work with in our local church, especially the ladies I'm involved in our ladies ministry. And I think what I see. I just wrote down, I don't mean to sound harsh, but a biblical illiteracy, honestly. Um, And I'm guilty of this too. I I want to be more knowledgeable of Scripture myself. I feel very behind for my age. I I wish I would have started younger and dug deeper into Scripture. Um, So when we look at the parents in our church and um, maybe the lack of discipleship in their children's lives, it's because they have nothing to pour into them. They're not pouring into themselves. There's not a knowledge of of Christ in, in their own life. So their cup is empty. They have nothing to pour into their children. And then perhaps something that um, has happened in the last couple of years is that we've passed off discipleship to, well, that's, for the church to do or the youth pastor to do, or when the Christian school movement was big, that's for the Christian school to do. And that is a responsibility God has given us. Um, and just because children are in your home doesn't mean you're discipling them. You can live with them and still not be um, making disciples. And so I think it's just a a lack of knowledge of scripture and then you're not actually pouring that into your children, talking about the sufficiency of scripture. If, if we really believe that, we have to live that out. We have to know God's word and then tell our kids, we have the answer to every every question that comes up in life is in scripture. And so let's go back to God's word and find that out together and taking them always back to that source rather than all of the other things that are really um, trying to grasp their attention.
1: Great, great. So biblical literacy mentioned, and then Will, you uh, alluded to it as well. Uh, how do we how do we reverse that? I mean, what are some practical things we can do to uh, turn that around? Yeah. Well, I think
2: it's just You know, put the word up. Mm -hmm. I
1: think it um,
2: starts, you know, Colossians 3 yesterday. um, You know, one of the obvious applications is like, you know, preach word-filled sermons, which I'm sure you do. And um, sing word-filled songs, which we did yesterday. I'm sure we'll do that today. Um, Speak word to each other, which I, uh, that's the culture that you want to have in a church. So somewhere in there, um, breaking down the church into digestible, um, you know, uh, really digestive groups. Um, and I, what I mean by that is like um, there's something to, you know, three to, you know, ten believers getting together and pounding out the word together. And so whether that's a men's Bible study or a ladies' Bible study or, um, you know, we do some form of uh, small groups where we just take the sermon, an exegetically preached sermon, and everyone takes that same sermon. We write up about five questions about it, and, you know, ask people to work through it, and um, we just need each other, and in this, in, in just from a, the, the, the pulpit here, um, it's good, but there's probably a whole lot more questions out in the congregation than are acknowledged, and to have smaller groups where people pound that out, digest that together, mm-hmm. is a good thing. And um, a culture where we're basically saying, so what does the word say about that? A culture that where we're saying is like, um, is there a verse that we can read about that? A culture where we're, we're like, can we pray scripture about that? I mean, just really lifting scripture up to supreme, uh, really a supreme position.
0: I guess by my own personal testimony, there was a point in my life where I went from being just a reader of God's word to a student of the word. And a student slows down and takes careful thought and I, um, that was where my life transformed. And looking at the scripture after a person, not after a checklist or of do's and don'ts, but looking at a scripture and saying, show me Christ, you know, and, and letting that tr- change you. And so I guess finding the tools that you need to put in your own hands to be a student of the word. For me, it was studying inductively, letting the text speak for itself, op- observe the text, interpret the text, and then apply the text. Um, and learning how to do that for yourself and then putting those tools into the hands of people in your family so that they can become um, theologians themselves. I told the ladies yesterday, and I tell this to our ladies at our church all the time, the word theologian is not reserved for pastors or for men. We should all be um, knowledgeable of God's word. And so I think it's just doing the hard work. It's like digging out the treasure in the field. It's it's hard work. We're looking for the passport, that was lost, but it's... Um, it's worth, it's worth it. And, and you see Christ and are changed by it. And then you have something to pour into someone else's life.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's really good. Amen. Amen. Because I think, I think sometimes what happens, and I, I don't, uh, I think some, sometimes what happens in Christianity, in churches, is just like discipleship of the home is reserved for the youth pastor, the feeding of the sheep is reserved for the pastor. And there's kind of this disconnect between, well, he preaches and I eat, as opposed to. I'm hungry at home, yes. and I need to eat at home. And um, our children are hungry at home too. Yeah. You know.
2: What are you preaching right now? Where are you preaching? So
1: we just finished. Um, we just finished a study in ecclesiology. Yeah. We're gonna do a few more kind of one-off sermons throughout the month because we got Easter coming up. Yeah. We're gonna do. A, we're gonna do. We got baptisms coming up, so we're gonna do a message on baptism. Um, but beginning in May, we're gonna start through Ephesians.
2: So a great, yeah. a great idea of that would be to. Um, uh, ask ask Pastor for a commentary suggestion mm-hmm. and just read through that, or um, read through the book of Ephesians at six chapters yeah. uh, one a day uh, just once a week you get through it or um, you could you could put it on uh, uh, it'd take you about seventeen minutes to listen to it mm-hmm. and if you um, there's a great uh, app called Dwell um, and you could just listen to it every day and um, you would begin to hear the sermons within the context. Yeah. And you'd grow uh, deeply. Like it would be like, it wouldn't be just like, oh, that was a nice message where Pastor told us what to do. But you would actually say, like, this is what God has for me because this is what He's revealed to me out of Ephesians. And so that'd be a practical suggestion.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So you should do that. You should do that. (laughs) It's good advice. He said it. That's great. That's great. And I I am thankful we have a congregation of of active listeners, and I know, so on Wednesdays, we're going through the Psalms one at a time, and we're going to be in 67 in this, uh, we got a guest speaker this Wednesday, but the following week. And I love when our congregation comes up and says, no, I just want to make sure we're on the same page, like we're on 66 or 67, right? And uh, that's such a blessing. That's such a blessing, you know? Um, Fantastic. All right, so we talked about some issues, church and culture, kind of suggested that there's overlap there, and I definitely, definitely think that's true, and I think that the fact that, that we answer the question that way, like there's overlap, should let us know, or does let us know, like, the church has failed in some ways, because the culture shouldn't be, I think he used the phrase, dripping in, Yeah. right? The opposite should be happening, like, yeah. we should be flowing out. Yeah, and, I, I was just listening to
2: this uh, podcast, and they were talking about how the, the, the world is actually colonizing the church, Mm. And I love the, I love the metaphor, yeah. because the world is actually dropping in its little colonies of thought. Yeah. But,
1: mm. it's subtle, we don't see it. Yes. Yep. Yeah, unfortunately it is subtle. And then as things, as things begin subtle, they don't stay subtle, yeah. you know, which is why we need biblical uh, thinking. All right, so we talked about some of those issues. What do we need to do to set up safeguards? Um, how can we prepare our homes and families for these issues that we talked about? So specifically, low view of marriage, postmodern thinking, uh, um, redefinition of sexuality, yeah. things like this. Well, I think we get
2: down to what is authority. I mean, what is our authority? And, um, and I think young parents, like, I, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, I look at my kids and I get so scared. Mm-hmm. How, how, many of you, how many of you grandparents you are kind of glad that you're done raising children when you look at the age? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're actually supposed to be um, we're not done we're never done till we're done
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, I mean that's one of those great quotes yeah. you're never done till you're done write and, that down that's yeah. profound but I think that we're always I, I want to participate with my kids kids and if I'm around I want to help my kids 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 you know yeah. and um, I think at the very core is you want to answer questions like how do we know what we know and I'm not trying to make it overly complex but you do have to answer that question. Like, at the very core, like, how do we know what we know? What, what are you going to live on? And I, I probably, as a parent, just always force my kids to take their ideas to the nth degree. So, like, if, if one of them's like, well, I don't even know if we can really trust the Bible. I'm more like, oh, yeah. Like, what do you think then? What, how do we know what we know then? What do you, what, what's your other suggestion? It's one thing to take a pot shot at it, but what's your suggestion? Or if somebody was to tell me, if, if and I haven't, but if a kid was to tell me, I do think that people should uh, be able to have a same-sex union. I, I go like, oh, then what else? I mean, what, what's next? Or I just make them realize that at the core, there is a God who's revealed himself through scripture, and he's told us about Jesus, who's the only way of salvation. And so I feel like, as a parent it's constantly answering how do we know what we know and it's got to get back to the word and um, we used to live in an era where we could say you know what I mean and like like, you know maybe someone says so explain why Jesus is God and we go like well Jesus God God Jesus because Jesus God God Jesus and then we'd say you know what I mean because whenever I say you know what I mean it means I don't know what I mean and so I think that, that parents, like we, we, my parents, we lived in a Christ-haunted era. My parents were able, as first-generation believers, just to say things, and it's like, thus says the Lord. And in one sense, it was a little bit easier, because there was already the presuppositions that Jesus Christ is God, and all those things. That's not true, even with my own Christian kids. I've got to really take the time to say that, no, Christianity is the best christianity answers life questions the best the bible is the the source and rule of um my life and it's it's hard work but it's not it's not beyond anyone in this room it's just it takes more time and i think the other thing that um christian are trying to do and we'll see we'll see right we'll see if we're if we've done it we don't know yet but we're just trying to keep a relationship you know, a, a strong relationship where they know where they're going to hear truth. And, and that's what I think counters the nature of the world. Um, and I don't think legalism does it. I don't think stop doing that works. I don't think that um, uh, really saying your dad told you works. <laughs> I think it has to be the word that is at the very core.
1: And so I want to strengthen their, their, their trust in the word. Okay. So- Actually, go ahead and answer the question, and then we'll get really practical with, with this okay. discussion.
0: Sure, yeah. I hear I hear a whole new season of life that's coming for us that we haven't quite gotten to the yeah. teenage level yet, so I'm looking at it through the lens of maybe younger children. So very on a very practical level, I think what I would say is just cultivating an atmosphere of approachability in your home. You can ask mom and dad anything, and not... Mm-hmm. Um, if you are shocked by what they ask, don't show it on your face, you know, make sure you just, they can come, they that's a safe place that they can come to you for all of those questions that they have. And then um, always pointing them back to, even if you don't know the answer, being willing to say, I don't know, but I know God's word has the answer. Let's find this out together. Being willing to be transparent like that. And then um, for us right now, with the, the age of our kids, a lot of it is we have some planned things that at age appropriate we plan to talk to them about. But then a lot of times, it just, you have to be ready for it when it happens. Yeah. Um, an example that comes to mind is driving through the Starbucks um, drive through and there is a man dressed as a woman who's our barista handing us our coffee. Mom, was that a man or a woman? okay. It's time. This is our, I'm not shying away from that. It's time to talk about this. Or um, this past summer, my dad passed away. And so we've talked about death a lot in our home, a lot. So you use those opportunities and you don't shy away from them. And I'll tell you when you're older. Well, no, they'll go find out somewhere else. They're going to be discipled from somewhere else. So on a very practical level with the age of our children, I think that's where we're at is let's find out together and let's be assured that God's word has the answer. And let's do this together.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, when we
2: got uh, when we were um, first married, and um, uh, we used to travel, we were in churches, and so Christy and I would stay up to about one, and uh, get up around seven to eight, and it was, that was just our rhythm. And uh, because uh, we had young kids. And I was in churches. I was usually preaching till about 9. I wouldn't walk out of the church building until almost 10, 9.30, 10, talking to people. We'd get home. We'd make sure the kids are down. And then we would have like two or three hours where we'd, you know, take care of life together, right? And, um, and then as the kids have gotten older, I mean, how many teenage parents of teenagers, when do they ask questions? Like 10.45. I'm ready for bed now at like 10.30. And then it's like, you know, dad, what is transgenderism? And you're like, it's like 1045. You're like, go Google it. You know, you don't, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't. You're, you're like, I, I'm just like, anymore, I'm like, oh. <laughs> be a long night. All right, here we go. And so anyway, it's just, um, I, I think like what you were saying is so good. It's just like, like just, I just think that sometimes it's, um, you know, it's like uh, relationally Relationally, relational truth-based parenting. I don't know, I just made that uh, up, but I just feel like it Sounds a, like a book title. Yeah. <laughs> it's just relationship and the word. It's just relationship and the word. It's not as complex, and this is jumping into the practical question. Just keep a real relationship and the word. And I think as I'm secure, then I don't have to be afraid of my kids failing. Like, I think there's so much fear-based parenting Because we're like afraid that our kid's going to end up in jail or they're going to, something bad's going to happen. And we just, Christy and I just said, we're not going to live in fear of what potentially could happen. Because what could potentially happen to me? Really bad stuff. I could, I could go astray so fast. So rather than that, we just want to enjoy the moment. Like, like right before I got on the plane, my son um, on his soccer club, he has five Muslims, which is really unique in Utah. And one of the kids just goes, so what do you believe? And my son, at 15, really stepped up to play, gave him the gospel. And so we just celebrate that, not living in fear that maybe that same son, five years from now, might be really struggling with his faith. We're just going to enjoy right now, and he's walking with Jesus right now, and let's just enjoy that and keep that relationship and keep on putting more truth in.
1: Amen. Fantastic. Praise God. Uh, I think one tendency, so let's take those practical considerations uh, you mentioned the Starbucks situation, and you mentioned your son. Uh, gospel opportunity comes to them. Um, one potential opportunity uh, or temptation for a parent, especially in the world we live in, is to, to disengage out of fear. And I think maybe in the Starbucks situation, we go, well, let's just not take him to Starbucks. That's right. Right? Like we just do the ostrich thing. That's right. And uh, then what you, what you have done is you have assured that your child will find out the wrong answers from the wrong people. Um, I mean, maybe not. Hopefully, they go to someone in their church, but they need to be hearing it from us. And you're so right. They're, they're going to find, and and it's and it's happening much much younger than we like to think that it is. Um, Two extremes so, of that would yeah. be
2: where you'd either avoid Starbucks or you would uh, have your 16 year old go work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. any real mm. shepherding. Yep. And and it's not it's not it's like it's walking the spirit's wisdom. Wisdom is, wisdom is that uh, that place where we fill in the gaps between the clear commandments of scripture. Mm. And I think actually teaching your your child wisdom, because the issues that are going to be facing them are not going to be the same issues that face us. And by the time we get all tooled up and like, okay, this is how Christian answers this, the world's already moved on to the next issue. Mm. And you know, at the core of teaching, you know, how can they be rightly connected to God? Rightly connected to a, an awareness of themselves, and then knowing what's going on in the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and then I just, I, I think it's really, one thing that you said is really important. You celebrated your child's spiritual success. Yeah. Why is that? So Because, because it's easy to, to focus on the bad, yep. right? Why is celebration yep. as, so, so important? Celebration yeah, I, of your child's successes. Because
2: that, uh, at the very core, you know what my kids want to know? They want to know their daddy thinks they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, look at us. I mean, I just want to, I just want, I mean, there, why is there fear? Because I don't know if I'm rightly related with God.
1: Hmm.
2: And what is the answer to that? Perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. I just want to know that God thinks, and don't let me, I, I'm not trying to be trite, but I just want to know that God thinks I'm awesome. Hmm. Like, like, I'm not saying that I am. I'm just, I just want to know that God likes me.
1: Hmm.
2: I said that intentionally, not loves me. Because yep, yep. I think we, we know that. I just want to know that God actually approves Um, uh, because the finished work of Jesus, and he loves me. And my kid just wants to know that I love him.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I have a a thought on that. There's a book called Practicing Affirmation. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but Hmm. it it talks about the biblical word of affirmation, not flattery, but affirming is when you see Christ in someone, you tell them that. So you're actually boasting in Christ. And Mm -hmm. It has been pretty revolutionizing to our home as we do this. Um, we have two children who have professed um, faith in Christ, yeah. and when we see Jesus in them, we celebrate it. You mm-hmm. know, and um, and it's exciting for them too to say, "Oh, look, I am changing." Yeah, and, and another yeah. way we practice this, my husband and I, um, is one of my favorite things that we do on our anniversary. Uh, we're we're married two days after Christmas, so we rarely actually go out on our anniversary. It's normally in January by the time we make it. But um, we sit down, and we have co- mentally or on a paper made a list of areas that we've seen each other grow over the last year. That's great. And we mm-hmm. share that with each other, and it is like... It is like a shot in the arm to say, look, I am changing. Mm. You're see, you the person who knows me the best, and you see it. And so we affirm each other that way. We do it throughout the year as well, but especially on our anniversary is our favorite time to do that, to say, last year, this situation would have happened, and you would have responded this way. But Mm. I saw this happen, and you responded totally different, and we just boast in Christ. And it's just... Really exciting. Do that mm. with your spouse. Do that with your children. Yeah. And um, affirm each other of what you see, how Christ is working in your life.
1: Amen. Yeah, I do think we get so fear based that our child only hears bad. Oh, you know, and yeah. they only hear no, and they only hear.
2: And the world will tell them good.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because
2: you, the very. You know, she just used a word, affirming, in a right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the world mm-hmm. uses that word in yeah. a wrong way. Yeah. And. Um, if if you're not affirming your child, they will be affirmed by somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And then what? A, what's one encouraging thing that you get to you get to look at your child and say, "Look, Jesus is changing you." That's right.